I'm Suzanne, and I'm the director for the Center for Conscious Caregiving. And I want to talk about what our center is about and what our mission is and our hopes are. I am a nurse, have been a nurse for over 30 years, and I have to tell you I loved it. I fell in love with nursing right from the get-go and was passionate about the care that I gave for my patients and later on the care that I gave for my staff as I became more involved with administration and management. And I know that there's starting to be a groundswell of understanding about various caregiver disorders. I call them caregiver disorders. There's starting to be an understanding that many um, nurses, doctors, social workers, healthcare professionals in general that are really succumbing to this overall general fatigue and burnout that is occurring in the professions. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about some of my personal experience and how I think this starts to come about and then maybe what we can do about that, which is what our center is focused on. As a baby nurse, again, I fell in love with nursing very quickly. I fell in love with all the activity on the unit and and I loved coming to work. It was crazy. It's it's extremely stressful, but I felt that I was really doing something and I felt like I was learning so much so quickly. So I fell in love with it. But there are a lot of experiences that I have and I have watched students of mine have and I have watched fellow nurses have that I know are sticking in our psyche. They're sticking in our tissues. They're sticking with us because we're not letting them go and that these experiences are leading to many of these caregiver disorders. So, for example, as a baby nurse, I had a patient complaining about chest pain, um, called the doctor. He blew it off and said, you know, he doesn't have any history of chest pain. And really, the patient had no physical over symptoms. So, you know, blood pressure was fine, pulse fine, everything's fine. So this occurred throughout the whole shift that I worked. Um, patient com remained complaining of the same type of pain. Nothing really occurred. And bottom line was at change of shift, there was a code call and night shift went in and this patient coded and died. And this, again, I was a baby nurse. So I watched this. I watched a patient that I had called doctors about numerous, numerous times and nothing really was done. And so what kind of experience is that? You know, I went home that night so angry. I went home sad, but never cried. Um, no one ever touched base with me about this experience. No one ever asked me how I was doing. Um, and quite honestly, I don't remember ever talking about it 
for probably 25 years in my career. It, it went into some file cabinet and it was gone. And I know that these types of experiences are being had by healthcare professionals all the time. That we are having traumatic experiences that go under the wire. They go back into a file cabinet. We don't necessarily talk about it. We come back to work the next day and we start doing the same thing over and over again. And over time, these insidious little traumas are affecting us. They're affecting how we perform. They affect how our attitudes are. And we're labeling them, I believe, because I did a lot of research in graduate school on various caregiver disorders. You know, I looked into compassion fatigue and burnout and caregiver burden and moral distress and all these various disorders. And I've come to believe that all of these various disorders, they come from experiences. They're like viruses. We're exposed to them throughout our career based on the various situations that we live in. And maybe when we're younger, we're able to fend off, you know, this compassion fatigue experience or this moral distress experience or this um, emotional labor experience. Maybe we're able to fend it off or maybe it's just wearing down our resistance and our immunity because we're being exposed to so many different types of caregiver viruses. And quite honestly, none of us are being prepared. None of us are taught in our schools how to be resilient, how to build our immune systems so that these types of situations, these types of viruses that are out there, that we have a strong immune system, that we are resilient against them, and that we can be protected. Rachel Raymond is quoted, and really she has a beautiful quote about how we cannot be exposed to suffering and loss on a daily basis and, and think that we're not going to be affected. And yet all kinds of healthcare providers, EMS workers, um, the unit secretaries, the social workers, the clergy, everyone who works in that system we are not necessarily given any type of protection. We don't get raincoats and umbrellas and galoshes to go out into the rain. So our center, the Center for Conscious Caregiving, really felt strongly that all types of caregivers needed resilience training. We needed to be built up and we need to build up our stamina because these major stressors are not going away. When we choose to become caregivers, no matter what that is, whether it's a social worker or a physical therapist, we are choosing to go into arena of high stress. We're choosing to go into arena in which people are suffering and that there is losses on a daily basis. We need, as professionals, to have the skill sets to have protection for ourselves in order to do this on a, on a long-term basis. Because what's happening now is all of these viral experiences that we are exposed to, we're coming down with major symptoms. We're coming down with physical, emotional, mental, 
symptoms of all of these caregiver disorders, and we are being rendered dysfunctional. And so our job and what we're hoping to do is to start to intervene with resilience building. And our resilience building includes teaching self-awareness, which is the research is telling us that the best way in order to deal with many of these caregiver disorders is to have self-awareness. And in order to develop self-awareness, you need self-care practices. You need to be on a daily basis. You have to have habits of self-care healing practices. And our center, I think, is a little unique in that we have a structure of self-care planning in which to put these self-care practices. And we have coaches that can help to keep you accountable and to help make these practices daily habits. Because the bottom line is none of us were taught this. We have all been very outwardly focused as caregivers. We give and we give and give, and we do not know how to receive. And so we strongly believe that it's very important to have a mentor or a coach to help us to receive, to have a community, a support community to help us receive because it's so not embedded in our fabric. So our resilience program offers a variety of different self-care practices. Most notably, we teach Reiki. Why? We found that Reiki is the one practice, and it's the only one I know of right now, that can be taught as a self-care practice, taking care of myself first, and you can use it on others. And you do this without using your personal energy. That it makes it a very unique practice. And so we like to teach our students this practice so that they're able to give to themselves and give to others without feeling drained, without feeling that they have to choose either. Who do I give to? With this practice, it's not a choice. It's not personal energy that's moving. So other practices are included also based on whatever the healthcare practitioner chooses. You can choose a lot of various practices. And you also have to look at what practices are you already doing that maybe you just really haven't acknowledged as a practice. So we do all this in our resilience training program. And we would really like to see more healthcare professionals start to be interested in building their own resilience because the stress is not going to go away. People are suffering. People will always be suffering. There's always going to be losses. And if we've chosen a profession in which we're to help them, we have to help ourselves first. Thank you.